This is a Federal News Network podcast. NASA has been busy on a program to use the moon as a launch pad to Mars. It will spend a lot of money to do so. The agency wanted to get an idea of the economic impact of this program, so it undertook a detailed study covering 2019, partnering with the College of Urban Planning and Public Affairs at the University of Illinois at Chicago. For highlights, we turn to NASA's chief economist in the office of the administrator, Alex McDonald. Mr. McDonald, good to have you on. Thanks, Tom. It's a pleasure to be on the drive. Now, this was a massive report at nearly, well, more than 2,500 pages. Is this something that NASA regularly does for all of its programs or just this one? So this is actually the first time that NASA has ever done an agency-wide, what we call an input-output macroeconomic model. And in the past, NASA has done various studies looking at the potential economic output of R&D and other different types of economic output. But for those of your listeners who are familiar with economic modeling, this is the standard federal government in-plan model developed by the U.S. Forestry Service and FEMA back in the 70s. And NASA has used this type of model for its centers a number of times before, but this is the first time we've ever done it for a whole of agency perspective. And we did it for all of the agency's procurement and labor. And we also, as you mentioned, it a special focus on our Moon to Mars program, because we want to make sure that people understand that you know going to the moon and, and getting onto Mars for the first time with humans is a type of initiative that really has a, a huge potential to contribute to the American economy. So is the purpose of this perhaps in some sense to sustain congressional interest and funding for it? Because this is really a long-term program. I don't think Mars is within reach before another, what, 15, 20 years, realistically. Well, we certainly do want, you know, the public and, of course, the representatives in Congress to fully understand the economic output of NASA's activities. You know, as, as the chief economist for me, I thought it was just really important to start establishing a baseline for economic output using a very standard model that we can do on a repeatable basis, right? If we're interested in in how we impact the economy, we don't just want one report. We want a whole time series of reports that can extend out for essentially the indefinite future. That's the kind of analysis that allows us to really understand the impact that our federal government has on our economy. And in particular, of course, the impact that NASA has. Now, is the output for a dollar of input Does it vary across the different agency programs, or is it always some kind of federal constant? So that's a great question. And for for the real answer, you'd have to get the implant specialists there from University of Illinois Chicago or or other places that do implant model analysis. However, NASA's result is slightly different. And the reason is simply because the implant model is a very detailed model that takes into account the different types of expenditure. So for example, a R&D or a science expenditure ends up having a slightly larger impact than, for example, a standard management contract for services. And the reason is simply because there's a greater supply chain of other high-tech industries involved in that type of activity. So NASA's economic impact isn't necessarily significantly different than another R&D agency, but R&D agencies do tend to have a slightly higher economic output than non-R&D ones. But when you say NASA is an R&D agency, which it is, it's also a manufacturing agency, and it builds or contracts for large physical objects that are very expensive, like rocket engines and and everything on top of them up to the point. And so is that part of the model also? Yep, absolutely. So that'll be another code that gets accounted for in the implant model. And those are also the types of activities that really drive the output up. Just for reference, right, there's three different types of economic output. There's the direct impact that you get from your direct expenditure. That's your procurement number. Then there's your indirect impact, which comes from your supply chain, right? When you're building a large rocket engine, there are a number of suppliers 
who of course also get business from building that rocket. And then there's also the induced impact. And that induced impact happens from your civil servants who go and spend in the local communities where they are. And we actually did the report by either state and kind of zip code where the employees kind of work and, and live. And, and so that gives you a really different type of uh, insight into how the agency has an economic output. What you realize is that there is an economic impact in every state in the union. There are jobs in every state in the union that come from NASA's space exploration activities. We're speaking with Alex McDonald. He's the chief economist in the office of the administrator at NASA. And, of course, I mentioned the engines and the hardware, but the Moon to Mars program at this point is more of a research program, really, than a manufacturing physical plant program. Would that be fair to say? Well, I wouldn't say so. And the reason is because our Moon to Mars initiative includes a number of initiatives and, frankly, missions that are well in development, and at least one of which, Mars Perseverance, is actually currently on its way to Mars. Well, that's true. Uh, in, yeah. addition, in addition to those, we also have, of course, the SLS rocket, which has been in development for many years, as well as the Orion spacecraft, the first test articles of which we already flew a few years ago during the EFT-1 flight. So I would say that it's really in the midst of development right now, which is actually why we're starting to see significant economic impact numbers. To give you some context, the overall economic output from NASA in FY19 was estimated at about $64 billion. The economic output of the Moon to Mars program specifically was about $14 billion. So already in FY19, Moon to Mars initiatives are a significant part of NASA's overall economic output and portfolio. And of course, we expect that number to increase if we see increasing appropriations in those areas related to returning to the moon and getting onto Mars. So the $14 billion in output, what is the input that led to that? So for the Moon to Mars program, that initiative was funded at roughly about $5 billion in FY19 in terms of direct economic impact. So almost a three-to-one ratio, then, of the output to the input. That's right. And that's fairly standard for these types of models. So that's what you'd kind of expect for an R&D agency like NASA. I guess, as the background question, I'm surprised NASA has a chief economist at all. I thought I knew everything about every agency, but of course I don't. And what else do you do as the chief economist there? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's very kind. Uh, it is a bit of a new thing. Uh, I was made the chief economist about a year ago, but I have been working at NASA for about 12 years. So uh, I like to joke, I did my PhD in the long run economic history of space exploration. And when you do your PhD in something that specific, a place like NASA is about the only place that can employ you. So uh, I've been working on various things. Uh, currently, I'm also responsible for the International Space Station's National Lab as the NASA program executive for that. And I've also spent a lot of my time doing various types of analysis for how you work with the private sector, right? How do we move into this world where we have more companies that have the initiative of building new rockets and we buy services rather than just pay to develop the rockets? And I've also uh, been involved in uh, architecting some of our overall strategy for the Moon to Mars initiative. Well, does your background in economics, does that help inform decisions on how a program might be structured, procurement versus in-house versus external research versus internal, those kinds of questions? Yeah, that's exactly the kind of stuff that I tend to look at. And, and I also tend to look at things like these concepts of sustainability, right? We always want sustainable programs. And as an economist, my perspective is always a fairly simple-minded one, right? We're dealing with very brilliant engineers and scientists. And, you know, I always try to reduce to pretty simple things, right? A program is sustainable if you can keep affording to do it. <laughs> and uh, when we think about our Moon to Mars program, that's exactly the kind of perspective that we're taking. Now, you mentioned that you live in an urban setting. Do you ever wish you lived out in the country so when you look up at night, you could see what it is you were working on? 
You know, it, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, I certainly do. Uh, I remember uh, very, very distinctly, actually, the first time I saw the Milky Way in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And uh, it had a huge impact on me. And, and even though I must say, even though today we have a lot of light pollution in D.C., I still make time to look out. Uh, we got planets in the sky these nights, right? We got Mars pretty high up there. And of course, if you log into things like the ISS station tracker, you can also see when the station passes overhead here, even in downtown D.C. And in fact, there was a great pass just last week. Yeah, Mars is pretty visible and it is actually red. That's right. All right. Have we covered it? I certainly think so. As a last note, the overall number for jobs that NASA has an economic output on across the nation was 312,000 jobs across the nation. And of course, I know a lot of our listeners are at other agencies. Uh, I certainly think that these types of analyses are really powerful tools for communicating to our stakeholders because it really shows the way in which federal civil servants and all of the work that we do just have a massive impact on the lives of our fellow citizens. So uh, if your agency hasn't already done an implant model, I would recommend you do one. All right. Good advice from Dr. Alex McDonald, the chief economist in the office of the administrator at NASA. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks a lot, Tom. It's a pleasure. We'll post this interview along with a link to the study at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Launch the Federal Drive at any time on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at Grifflesplasma.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.